What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Idea of Manhood, episode three. Uh, we're coming to you today, episode three. The title of today's episode is Men Behaving Badly. We got to talk about some things, ladies. We, we, we have to sit down at the table and talk about some things, all right? So that's where we are today. Five mics, it's your boy, five mics, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. And um, we got to talk about some things today, man. Like, there's a lot going on. Men behaving badly. We're going to talk about, we're going to focus on three stories, right? The three stories we're going to focus on are the, the ODU situation, Old Dominion University, Sigma Nu fraternity hung some inappropriate banners, um, outside of the fraternity house, um, you know, a lot of people are saying is is is, is condoning and uh, promoting a rape culture that we know is definitely prevalent on college campuses. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Ashley Madison. Everybody knows Ashley Madison. It's been heavy on the news lately. Uh, it's a website where men and, and women, well, let's be real, men and women can can go on and 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 have. And meet up with other people around the country, around the world that are having extramarital affairs. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about recently, this just came out yesterday, actually, Chris Carter, former wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Hall of Famer, NFL guy, big time NFL guy all over ESPN and everything, uh, gave some words to uh, NFL rookies last year uh, where he suggested and, 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 um, Suggested that every NFL player have a fall guy or a series of fall guys in their crew that can take the rap in case things go awry. So there's a lot to talk about today. There's definitely a lot to talk about. Thanks for tuning in. The Idea of Manhood, episode three, men, men behaving badly. Again, it's five mics. Thank you for tuning in. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to hop right out the Porsche. And uh, that's my new thing now. So anytime anybody acts crazy and does something off out the you know out the blue you know y'all know the song just let me hop out the for out the porsche right so i'm gonna hop out out the porsche and talk about things i'm tired of right so you, for those that are just tuning in um you know if you follow me on twitter or on, or on facebook i i sometimes just do rants or i'll just type something that you know that's bugging me or something that's on my mind so um the segment is called I'm Tired, right? So just things I'm tired of. I wrote a poem about it years ago. And so um, just things I'm tired of. And you know what I'm really tired of for real right now? I'm tired of the um, the old saying and like the, the, the whole sentiment behind what people think to be good dads. Like, oh, you're such a good dad. You know what I mean? And... What I usually see people commenting on and talking about when they say, oh, you're such a good dad, it's dumb stuff like, oh, you took your kid to the park. You're such a good dad. Oh, you put your daughter's shoes on this morning. What a good dad. I'm tired of that. Like, why are the expectations so low, so low for dads and for men that are fathers to such that... The smallest thing we do, we're getting rounds of applause and pats on the back. And this general assumption that we don't know or we are incapable of doing the same things that mothers do or so on and so forth. I'm tired of that, yo. Let me tell you a story. Like, you know, 
my wife, we have a we have a nine year old son and a, and a three year old, almost three year old daughter. And uh, when my wife was pregnant, you know, she had to go to, you know, the prenatal appointments with her doctor. And I made a point. I say, hey, you know what? Every time she goes to the doctor, as as much as I can, I'm going to be there. I probably was there for like 93 percent of them. Right. And every time she goes, I'm going to go like I have nothing to do there. I'm just sitting. I'm I'm just observing. I want to be there. I'm going to be there. That's that's no one told me to do that. I wanted to do that. And every time I would go into the doctor's office, it was like. Like, like Michael Jackson just walked in, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they just saw an alien with 35 noses walk in. Everybody was looking at me like, oh my God. Oh my, your husband's here? So it was, either, it was two different responses. It was either like, oh wow, like that's so awesome that you're here. So that was one, uh, that was one reaction. And the other reaction was like, I wasn't there at all. Like I would totally be ignored or not even acknowledged when I was in the room. Like they would step over me like an old dirty newspaper that's been on the front step too long, right? And so it's just this whole concept, like the expectation for fathers and current, you know, fathers especially that want to be involved, fathers that are um, proactive and intentional. The the expectations for dads in general are so low that if you know your daughter's shoe size, you're a good dad. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow, you know, you know what kind of, you know what size shirt your son wears? Wow. What a good dad like for real son like why do you feel like I can't know anything about my children and the fact that anybody that approaches me like that I'm already judging the heck out of you like I, I already second I already looked at your whole situation and know that there's a lack or something in your relationship like I have people that come up to me like yo um mostly women like oh um, I have to ask a question about uh, about your about your child about your son or daughter do I need to ask your wife no you don't. <laughs> like why do you like you just want to know if my son likes Cheerios you need to ask my wife for that for real I'm tired of that so um stop it stop it you know what I'm saying? Just stop it. It's, it's, it's a different day and time. And that might have been true, you know, for fathers 30 or 40 or 50 and 80 and 100 years ago. But every single, this is the thing. This is the thing that makes it so interesting is that every single dad that I know, that I'm friends with, that's in my circle, whether it's the close circle, my distant circle, relatives, um, you know, cousins, whoever, every dad that I know is so involved and so proactive and there. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think what we have to recognize is that fathers are going to be there. Like what it means for a father to be present and intentional and um, an active participant in the parenting role. It looks different than what it means for mothers to be intentional and be there in the parenting role because we're socialized so differently. Right. And so. You know, whereas a mother, you know, might sit on the floor Indian style and talk to their son or daughter, you know, in a certain way, you know, fathers interact with their children in a certain way. And it doesn't mean that one is less than or one is more than it's just different. Right. But when it comes to parenting, there's one style that's expected and appreciated more um, and, and looked at as a little bit more. I don't know, just embraced more. 
Um, and that's usually the mother style. And, 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 and because of that, folks think like, oh, dads uh, aren't there, aren't present or whatever. Look, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you that. Like, mothers and fathers, like, find out they're having a baby at the exact same time. You know, usually, give or take. You know what I'm saying? Like, or the point where a mother becomes a mother and a father becomes a father are exactly the same. Like the point of conception is ex- is the, exactly the same for both people. So why is it? And this is what I always tell new dads, what I always tell new moms is that like just because you're a woman or you're a mother doesn't mean that you are automatically by nature or by birth a better parent there's being a better parent like that whole concept is antiquated and divisive it's not necessary you know what I'm saying? Especially in a relationship with two people that are there in the same household. When you have, you know, a dad over here and a mom over here, okay, those, that different, that's a different scenario we have to walk, work through and talk through. But if you have a mother and a father living in the same household and are married or not, and they're co-parenting, like the mother and the father find out about the pregnancy or about they conceive at the same time. But for some reason, you know, dads, and this is where I fall dad sometimes, give their power away and 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 divert all of the energy of parenting onto women. So I think historically women have just had to, you know, take the brunt of that. And like we're all everyone in the world is thankful and like appreciative and that's why so many of us are so strong today because of the love and the nurturing nature of a woman. Um, but times are times are different now. Like there's so many points now where fathers want to be there, um, but the way that fathers are there look different than the way that mothers are there. And we can't like put this value on like this style is better than this style. Because if you know anything about parenting, anything about relationships, anything about how this world works, regardless of who your spiritual high power is, you know that it's all about balance. And if a relationship or a parenting relationship or you know a mother, father, man, man, woman, woman relationship is off balance it's not going to work period so we just have to work on being more balanced and not really placing value in the things that you know in the things that don't really matter you know so that that's my rant for that that, that rant was a little long but this is something i've clearly been thinking about for a long time um so that that's the rant for the day um thanks for tuning in and we're gonna have a little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to jump right into uh, the, the main topic of the day, which is men behaving badly. We're going to have a, we're going to have a serious conversation um, and it's going to be it's going to be cool. All right. So hold tight. Be right back. All right. And we're back. All right. So we're going to talk about these issues. Right. So just FYI, these are mature topics. These aren't things for kids to be listening to necessarily. Now, uh, the first topic we're going to talk about is the situation at Old Dominion University. Now, ODU is a rival of my college. I'm not going to let that get in the way. All right. Um, No, in all seriousness, uh, fraternity at Old Dominion University, Sigma Nu, I had some signs out um, on the fraternity house or a house where many of the fraternity members lived. And on those signs, it said rowdy and fun with the letters O, D and U highlighted 
Hope your baby girl is ready for a good time. That was one sign. The big banner, a sheet hung over the side of the house. On the other sign, it said freshman daughter drop off. And then another side, go ahead and drop off mom too. Now, these are, um, you know, of course, very three, you know, three very distasteful signs. Signs that are implying uh, certain things and that many feel uh, promote uh, a rape culture that we know that is prevalent not only on college campuses but in the United States in general. Uh, kind of this common, you know, you know, boys will be boys mentality of many college campuses that we know is not appropriate, right? So I used to work on college campuses and I worked on many college campuses on the East Coast. And, you know, if I'm a staff member on this campus, I'm walking up to the door. I'm going to tear these down. I'm going to talk to whoever's there, make sure, uh, you know, that there's something immediate that happens. Now, maybe these guys were off campus, which I think they were. Um, but imagine being a student, imagine being a, a father and a mother driving your daughter on campus and seeing these kinds of signs. Like, what kind of message are we uh, were these guys intending to have, right? And so now we know these guys are 18, 19, and 20 years old. And, you know, when we were that age, we all made those kinds of mistakes and not really thinking through our actions all the way. Um, that doesn't excuse what we do. It doesn't make things okay. But what I think is a more important question to ask and to try to answer is Why? Why do these guys think that it's okay to put this kind of message on such a public form, in such a public way, in an explicit way? You know, defaming the name of their fraternity and the university without much thought. You know, it it took probably a good two hours to make these signs for them to put up. And in that time where there's so much like drunken frat boy party like oh this is gonna be awesome i want to write this letter and this letter and just no thought so why is that and i think when we talk about boys and men and, and issues of manhood i think we have to talk less about the what like what these guys are doing i think we have to talk about the why if we're going to get to a point where we are addressing behavior and addressing why certain things are happening and why other things are not happening we have to look at the why what is it about how boys are socialized and how boys are taught and what the expectations are set and how the expectations are set for boys in elementary middle high and college for this behavior for the in the brain of these 18 19 and 20 year olds they thought this was okay there's guys in the picture hanging out on the signs. It's not like they were afraid or thought that there would be any repercussions. Why did they think this was okay? What is it about how we raise boys and some of the socialization pieces, uh, you know, how we socialize boys that made them think this was okay, right? So we understand that there's this, you know, culture, this rape culture on campus. Now, I don't know if these guys while they're making these signs they're like you know what we are going to contribute to the rape culture and make these signs i'm not sure if there are many people in 
in our society that would think that deviantly and go ahead and, and produce like this, they probably didn't understand how their actions were contributing to this culture. And that to me is the bigger issue. Uh, how are we and how can we have conversations with young men, not the month before they go away to college, but you know, the years and from the time we're three, four and five years old about respecting women, about uh, understanding that our privilege as men um, can can cause our messages to be uh, misconstrued or to be, um, you know, thought to be more violent or more aggressive than they that we intend them to be. So I think that's a deeper conversation that needs to happen. Um, and we need to be explicit about our conversations with young boys about these issues. It can't happen when they're 18 years old. We know about habits. We know when our habits are formed. We know that most of our development happens by the time we're 12 years old. So in terms of our brain and our behaviors and our habits, we can't expect these kids to get on campus and suspend them and think that the behavior is going to change from the 12 or so guys that lived in this house along those same lines right so we have we, we're talking about the why why are these certain things happening the way that they're happening or why are young men and boys acting in certain ways so we had the situation with ashley madison right so we know that the ashley madison website is designed for uh, for men and women, not just for men, but for men and women to to have a discreet quote unquote uh, extramarital affair using this online, you know, discreet quote unquote again Facebook type of interface uh, where you set up a profile, you meet with someone across the nation or whatever um, for an affair for sex, right? Let's let's be real; these, these aren't guys going out there that want to talk about their problems, you know, for the most part. These are guys that are meeting up for sex or some sort of physical interaction, right? And so, again, looking at the situation from the angle that I'm looking at, why, why do certain men feel as if this is okay? Like this is their only outlet to get their needs met. We can't be naive enough as a country. We can't be too naive to think that, oh, these are guys, you know, guys are going to be guys and, you know, guys are dogs and, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Now, listen, if we're going to have a serious conversation about this, then we have to acknowledge certain things about the way that guys are uh, indoctrinated and the way that guys are um, talk to when it comes to sex from a young child, you know, from a, from a young man or woman, uh, from a young man, so to speak. Uh, so how are we talking to, <clears throat> to young boys about sex? How are we, you know, how are we talking about sexual appetite to young boys and to young men when it comes to their relationships? Um, you can't start talking about that once you get married. <laughs> You know, it's too late by that point. Um, couples have to have conversations during the dating process, during the courting and the engagement and through the marriage or whatever it is. You have to have conversations about what 
each other need. Now, there are going to be some, there's going to be a small percentage of men and women that whose needs are completely 100% met at home, whose sexual fantasies and desires are all, you know, are, are all met and it's all good, but they still go out and do things like that. I'm not talking about them. To me, I think that that's a small percentage. What I think and what I see and what I've seen in, you know, friendships and relationships around me is that guys as well have certain needs right we all know and understand and can spit backwards and forwards what women's needs are you know as we have oprah we have dr phil and we have everybody that's been telling you how important it is for women's needs to be met right we have an entire nation of women that have been completely uh following and 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 fawning over the 50 shades of gray uh phenomenon right this was a situation where men were, I'm sorry, where women were, had an outlet. They had a sexual and whatever it is, a physical, emotional, sexual outlet. They could read these books and their physical and sexual needs, many of them were met. And I was like, oh, uh, I could just imagine these two people, this one uh, lady getting choked out by another man and that's sexy and that's great. We're not gonna talk about the content of that and why that was okay for millions and millions of men and women. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that a, man, a woman can sit down with a book, open it up, and have certain needs met. Now, with men, can't necessarily just sit down, read a book, or just turn on a, a, a website and, and have their needs met. And all I'm saying is that when you enter a relationship, you have to know what that outlet is for your partner, man or woman, really. But we're talking about men in this situation, right? So uh, if you are in a marriage or in a relationship and don't know what the sexual desires or fantasies or what the appetite is of your man, you are losing off the top. Like if you don't know, if you can't say, you know what, if you're in a relationship, you're like, hey, you know what, my man, um, you know, because a lot of times for men, when it comes to sex and when it comes to uh, uh, intimacy, physical intimacy, it's really about it's about sorry, ladies, this might hurt to hear. It's about the number like it's about. OK, I need to X, Y and Z, X, Y and Z times a week or I need to. Uh, a, B, and C, you know, three to four times a month. Whatever that number is, you know, I like to say for your health, you got to know your number. You got to know what that number is for your man. And if you don't, you're losing. I'm Look, look, son, I, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. I'm not being facetious. I'm not trying to cause controversy. I'm just saying that if we're talking about sexual intimacy with men, there's certain things that I don't think women have been um are expected or might feel like, oh, I don't, you know, what I have is good enough. You know, whatever I want to give it to him is what he's going to get. Uh, hey, you could keep thinking like that. Okay. You could keep thinking like that and we can keep having millions and millions of men signed up and registered with Ashley Madison uh, looking for, um, for physical intimacy outside the relationship. Now you got to think about these guys. 15,000 of them or however many were willing to use their work email address, their government 
.gov email addresses to sign up for these sites, which means they were willing to forego their financial fortitude, they were willing to let go of their reputation, they were willing to get, let go of their children and kids and house and comfort, all because they wanted a certain level of intimacy or they just wanted to be a freak or they just want to do something that is not allowed or they can't ask for at home either way whatever it is whatever the reason is this is not you know i'm not here saying that we're condoning it or that we're allowing it or we have to let it be all i'm saying is that if you're in a relationship you have to know what your partner needs what they want you can't guess right the same thing with guys we're gonna have another conversation about this soon that guys have to be present and have to be cognizant about what the person in their life about what their partner needs right you can't guesstimate in this situation we're talking about uh, women in particular being cognizant of what their partner needs a guy is not going to be able to um, have a, a book club meeting with a group of guys and talk about uh, a, a sexual novel and and get his rocks off <laughs> you know, that, that's not going to happen a group of guys are not going to get together you know and um, and talk about what a great emotional uh, connection they had with their wife in regards to physical like it's just not gonna happen that way you know it can happen that way and that will happen you know in different in different subsets but in terms of the physical nature of men and how we are wired and not necessarily even wired how we are trained and socialized in this society and the images that we see from the time we are young and the relationships that we are expected to have with women and um, starting from you know our first friend in kindergarten whatever it is those expectations and those relationships are such that when it comes time for us to get into a marriage which is a lot of reasons a lot of times why men scurry from commitment because it's not just committing to one person that's scary it's committing to the idea and the ideal that your needs aren't going to be able to be met with the frequency in which you are used to and that's really important so that's it I, we're gonna take a little break i know it's a little heavy but um you know hey hey look i i'm not making this up this is not just me speaking this is not my own personal experiences these are experiences that i've gained from talking to a lot of my friends and and reading lots of stories online you know we really have to be more in tune with what uh with what men need in their relationship especially when it comes to the physical interaction but we'll be right back we got one more issue to talk about with the uh whole chris carter thing in the nfl uh but it's going to be great so tune in and we'll be right back peace one more again one more again um yeah, so last but not least, we're going to talk about real quick the situation with the NFL. Chris Carter uh, was making some remarks to NFL rookies last year where he said that every NFL guy needs to have a fall guy. Basically implying that, hey, look, we know you're going to get in trouble. We know you're going to end up doing some crazy things. Um, we need you to have someone that could take the rap for you. Such an irresponsible message. 
um, especially as a father that's that's raising a young man that is into athletics and, and watches football and loves football and wants to be an athlete so bad. Um, you know, when you hear messages like this, you understand why things are the way they are, right? Like we understand why every time we turn on the news, it's something in regards to an NFL player, right? It's always something going on. Uh, why not put an example or, or give an example like, hey guys, how about you just leave all that behind? Or, or, or how about uh, you go into counseling to talk about your issues, whatever they may be? Um, you know, what would you need a fall guy for when you're a millionaire or a hundred thousand there? Like, what do you do? You need a fall guy for what? Like, are you robbing banks? Are you selling weed? If so, why? Like what uh, like for for all the strippers you're going to like what are you i don't understand that message i don't get it um you know I, i've never played football on any level um but i know there's a football mentality and i want to we all know that like we all we all seen it from from our days in high school and college um some of my good friends are football players uh, at the collegiate level, I have a couple friends that have been in the NFL, and we all know what the mentality is and kind of what the generalized stereotype is of, of football players. So why not use that opportunity to try to change some of that and use that platform to say, hey, guys, you know what? The NFL is, you know, of course, the NFL has, uh, you know, separated themselves from this message, even though it was at an NFL sponsored event. You know, the, it, it was on the NFL's website. It was archived. And now, since it's come out, the NFL says, we don't, we have nothing to do. with This was all Chris Carter. This had nothing to do with us. Please believe that we have nothing to do with this. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's a certain level of expectation, negative expectations of guys in the NFL and professional athletes in general. But this is just what we're, you know, we see this and we have a live recording of Chris Carter, um, you know, saying these things to these to these rookies, these impressionable 21 year old hundred thousand heirs and millionaires, you know, like when you give a man that level of access um, in terms of money, in terms of access to certain people and certain things and certain lifestyles, you know, Nothing, what they've been doing, whether good or bad, is going to become even better or worse. You know, so when you're in extreme situations, the good things that you do get better and the bad things you do get worse, unfortunately. So instead of using that platform to say, hey, you know what, we're going to try to counteract that. We're going to, you know, try to count. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, you know, make changes because you know, with much power comes great responsibility or whatever the message could be. He chooses to use this other message, which is, uh, which is, I think, extremely powerful and extremely damaging for the young men in this situation. But here we have three different stories, right? We have three different unique stories facing young men or facing men in different stages of their lives. And, um, I think that as a country, as parents, as fathers, as mothers, as grandparents, aunts and uncles, I think that we have to uh, we have to think about 
the messages that we're instilling in young boys uh, early on in, in when they're one, two and three years old. You know, we really have to think about how we are expecting our sons to act and what our expectations of them are. And are we being explicit with our expectations? And that goes for young boys. It goes for college boys. It goes for um, men that are in marriages. I think that we just need to, or in relationships, I think we have to be um, explicit about what our expectations are. Right. We can't assume that just because this man is in this kind of relationship that he's going to act, that the relationship is going to cause him to act in a certain way. You see what I'm saying? Um, we have to be explicit in that bond and that, you know, those expectations have to be put out there as early and as often as possible. We need everyone to be cognizant of what's going on in the lives and the minds of these young men and get back to the why. Why are these things happening? Why are they expected? Why do we expect college boys to act this way? Why do we expect men in relationships to go out and look for certain activities and certain um, levels of of interactions with other people. Why do we expect NFL players and NBA players and MLB players and hockey players don't get it twisted because it's happening there too. They just don't tell you about it. Why do we expect these guys to act in these certain ways? And why is it okay in this situation, but not in this situation? So that's what I leave you with today. This has been episode three. This is a lot. This was a little bit heavier today. We're going to get a little bit heavier before we, you know, turn around and get a little lighter. This is episode three, uh, the idea of manhood, men behaving badly. Um, continue to tune in. Continue to subscribe to um, to the idea of manhood on iTunes, on Stitcher, um, on Lipson. Lipson? Lipson? I don't know. Lipson. L-I-B-S-Y-N. Um, and tune in and tell your friends to tune in. We're, we're, we're going to be doing some great things. Again, thank you for tuning in. And I'll holler at y'all later. Peace. <laughs>